Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast Weekly Preview Edition. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF. And joining me once again to break it all down is the legendary Kate Maju. Kate, how are you today? I'm good. We've got uh, six teams on a bye. So you know what that means, uh, dire straits for your fantasy football team. So, you know, there are some gems here that we were gonna help you find in the weeds we're gonna get you a complete lineup folks we're we're gonna do it that's why we're here breaking down every game this week but uh we can start it all off we've got you know a a, an interesting slate um some good games some really ugly games it's it's gonna be a weird week man yeah, it, it's it's probably going to be another weird week for sure. And yeah, we'll, we'll go through it all. And like and like Kate said, we'll hopefully find some of those maybe deeper plays um, as we go kind of game by game here and talk about matchups and stuff like that. And um, again, I'll put the uh, the timestamps in the episode description so people can find the games that they're looking for as well. And yeah, we'll we'll try to hopefully find some of those um, bye week fill ins. And we probably won't touch on like, you know, the Tyreek Hills or the Travis Kelsey's of the world, um, because at this point in the season, we don't really have to go too deep into those guys so um more of the fringe options and matchup based stuff will be the primary focus so yeah looking forward to getting into it here um i do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor fabric by gerber life fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist and the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future starting with life insurance fabric by gerber life makes it quick easy and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes fabric has flexible policies to fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Kate, let's get into it here and start things off with Thursday night football, where the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints take the stage. Uh, who do you want to talk about first in this one? Oh, like, you know what? Let's rip the bandaid off. Let's get the Saints out of the way, because I, sure. I feel like we do we know like what what the Saints are or what they are not at this point. We have seen such I, I feel like different types of play from the new Orleans saints to this point, Jacksonville Jaguars, not necessarily a pushover defense either. So like which version of this new Orleans saints are we going to get? Can we, you know, just plan to fire up Alvin Kamara, you fire up Chris Olave, but even that and kind of inconsistent. So like, what are we expecting here? Yeah, it, it's the the Saints are kind of a weird team, right? But the like you said, I think you start Chris Olave, the, the Jaguars, I think they're sixth best matchup for for opposing wide receivers for fantasy purposes. Um, they've allowed the second most passing yards against this season. Um, they've allowed nine passing touchdowns, uh, which is tied for seventh most as well. Um, Jacksonville's 
played a decent amount of red zone snaps this year as well. I think tied for fifth most. So Olave, somebody, you know, just one touchdown on the year. I think I like him to get another one this week against Jacksonville would be nice uh, on a Thursday night to get some offense. Um, And then, yeah, Kamara is interesting, but it does seem like Jamal Williams uh, is expected back coming off his hamstring as well, um, which kept him on IR for four weeks. It'll be the first game of him and Alvin Kamara together. So I think that probably cuts a little bit into Kamara's rushing workload for the rest of the season. I don't know how much it plays into this week with his with it being his first game back, but I'd expect to at least see Williams on the field and and getting some touches at least to kind of get eased back into action. Yeah, I think you're definitely feeling more confident for Alvin Kamara so far, you know, in, in like full PPR formats, you know, it not not exactly groundbreaking news, but, you know, Kamara is actually averaging a season or a, a career high uh, 8.3 targets per game this season, uh, which is, I, I think, flown a little bit under the radar, averaging 17 rush attempts per game, which y- you mentioned a lot of that has to do uh, you know, I think with the absence of our good friend, Jamal Williams, who loves to come in and steal goal line work, as we saw all last season long with the Detroit Lions. So time will tell if that translates here to, you know, this this team as well. But, um, you know, I, I think you're probably most comfortable starting Alvin Kamara in that PPR setting, but otherwise not not necessarily a running back. I'm super excited to start this week. Yeah, I, I don't think I would be starting Jamal Williams. I, I would want to see at least what that usage is in the first game back um, coming off the hamstring injury. So uh, it, I would be avoiding Jamal Williams this week. But yeah, I'm fine starting Alvin Kamara uh, 100%. He's been excellent. Um, what if anybody else on the Saints um, that, that's worth talking about? Because like you said, they, they, they have kind of been a weird offense. I think Michael Thomas, you know, potentially can make it into starting lineups, especially considering the amount of bye weeks that there are this week. There's, there's at least potential for some, some volume there. Although, you know, it's again, it's, it's a decent matchup, but it's not like this amazing lockdown um, must start uh, matchup either. Right. Yeah. Thomas averaging almost eight targets per game at this point, uh, just under 55 receiving yards per game, still seeking his first touchdown of the year. Now, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm the biggest known critic of Derek Carr probably in the world, but touchdowns aren't really his jam. So, you know, how much faith I have that, that, you know, this offense in general is going to, uh, you know, bounce back with like bunches and bunches of Chris Olave and, and Michael Thomas touchdowns. I don't necessarily buy it, but mm-hmm. if you're in a, if you're in a pinch, it's really hard to find uh, a viable wide receiver. That's going to see, you know, six to eight targets in a given week and this is a a suitable matchup to play into that nice yeah that's a good call um how about on the jacksonville side of things so trevor lawrence got banged up last week uh with his knee obviously a short week made him questionable but it does seem like he's expected to play um which is a good thing but how do you feel about this jacksonville passing offense going against the saints this week not feeling great uh i i you know, I, I think you still start Calvin Ridley. You still start Christian Kirk. You still probably start Trevor Lawrence. But this is one of the league's better defenses right now. And I, I have a little bit of concern just based on, you know, even if, if Trevor Lawrence is in the lineup, 
how much is this knee injury actually going to hinder his movement? Is he going to still be able to navigate the pocket and, and escape pressure? Like what, how will that aspect of this translate? Because the saints aren't pushovers on defense. So I, yeah. I think you, you play the players that are playing, but I think you temper expectations for all Jaguars across the board uh, here up against the saints defense. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that that's kind of what concerns me is how well this Saints defense has played, especially against the pass, right? And it might be a week where you can't afford to be picky, but for those offenses or, or lineups that maybe do have um, some flexibility this week, I, I am a little bit concerned about uh, the, the Jaguars passing offense, guys like Christian Kirk, even Calvin Ridley, really, um, who was wide receiver 56 last week. So just another down week for him. But Saints are allowing just 5.88 passing yards per attempt this season. That's the fifth best fifth best mark in the league. They're the seventh best in yards after the catch allowed per attempt. Um, they're also the second most man-heavy defense in the league, and they're allowing just five and a half yards per coverage target while in man and a first down or touchdown on just 28% of those man coverage snaps. Both of those are second best in the league as well. So a um, little bit of concern there, especially for like guys like Calvin Ridley, like I said, who hasn't had a ton of success against man coverage this season. And so um, I do worry that it could potentially not be a great game for the Jaguars passing offense. But again, if you can't afford to be picky, um, that you're probably starting them anyways. But if you can, um, there might be uh, some better options available to you. So uh, anything else from this Thursday night game or should we move to the Sunday slate? Let's move to the Sunday slate. Let's keep rolling. Uh, we've got <laughs> a couple of better games. Like I'm I'm not excited for this Jaguar Saints game. What I am excited for is uh well, I guess maybe not the 1 p.m. games either. We should probably roll <laughs> through these. But then I swear, guys, the schedule gets a little bit better. I promise. Sort I was of. about to be shocked because I know what the next game is on our list um, with the Raiders and the Chicago Bears. We got I spoke uh, too Aiden, soon. Yeah, Aiden O'Connell versus Tyson Badgett. Uh, not the most exciting game, but <laughs> there might be some uh, some fantasy offense in here, hopefully, um, to, to salvage it. And Devontae Adams is kind of the one that stands out to me. So potentially a squeaky wheel game. He's, he's coming out as, you know, seemingly frustrated with, with a couple down weeks in production, but it's kind of interesting to me for, for Devonte Adams, right? Cause he's still seeing like an elite, like 28% target rate on the year. He's top 20 in, in routes run. The Raiders are, they're not like a very pass heavy or run heavy uh, offense. They're, they're about average um, for the league, but maybe he's just not used to kind of sharing the spotlight there because Jacoby Myers has been, uh, Amazing this season, really. I, Myers targets rate target rates in games that he's played this year, forty one point seven percent, twenty nine point three percent. He did have a nine point one percent came in there in week four, but then thirty point three percent, twenty one point nine percent again. I mean, he's earning targets at a really high rate. He's been a locked in fantasy starter, so maybe Adams just you know he's he's seeing targets himself, but both guys kind of getting looks now as opposed to when. Devonte Adams was it was literally just him in the offense I guess last year and in like what the six last six seasons over there in Green Bay so um maybe maybe some jealousy there um some sibling <laughs> rivalry going on for Devonte Adams because he's still getting looks he's just he hasn't been overly productive just the past couple of weeks but I think he's still like wide receiver 10 in PPR on the year because he's had a couple big weeks so any let's concern at all that. I guess yeah let's go back <laughs> yeah, to that week right. four game okay because week four that's going to be the the you know, that's what I'm sort of using as my benchmark for mm -hmm. how to project this Raiders offense here. You know, obviously 
if Jimmy Garoppolo were yeah. to be active, you would be eating this yeah. matchup alive. Like you, you start all your players against the bears, uh, regardless of position. But, um, but you'll remember that week four was actually the first week that Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo missed. It was Aiden O'Connell under center, um, had 39 pass attempts, 24 completions, 238 receive or passing yards, an interception took seven sacks on the day three fumbles, two of them yeah. lost. Like this was not pretty, but no. you know what was pretty the target share for Devonta Adams, even if it didn't amount to much, uh, 13 total targets next on the team was actually Josh Jacobs, 11 total targets, uh, caught eight of those balls for 81 yards, led the team in receiving that week. Jacoby Myers actually only saw four targets in that game. And I think yep. that part of that, like you have this rookie quarterback who is looking to, try to get the ball out fast, especially knowing how many sacks he's taking. He's getting pressured. Um, you know, Devontae Adams might be your first read most of the time. And, you know, if Devontae Adams isn't there, if he's not open, I, I think he's defaulted to the check down. And I would not at all be surprised if that were the case. Obviously, uh, I don't expect him to be under nearly as much pressure this week. Um, but, you know, pressures can be a quarterback stat and and we'll see sort of how if at all he's able to clean that up but it was the Devontae Adams show mm -hmm. when Aiden O'Connell was under center so just based on that past precedent I'm wondering if it, maybe we should temper expectations I'm not I'm not high on Jacoby Myers this week I think like probably yeah. going to finish somewhere around wide receiver 30 wide receiver 35 um far below the the production we've kind of gotten used to uh, here so far. And it, I think Devontae Adams, he's going to be fine. And yeah, squeaky wheel, squeak on up, baby. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly, yeah, that was exactly the point I was going to make here is that Devontae Adams, I think could be the guy this week um, considering, yeah, the, the, the talk that coming into the week and obviously, yeah, that week four game was definitely concerning um, there for, for AOC and hopefully doesn't, take seven sacks if you do that against the bears i mean there is a big problem at this point so hopefully he's just functional enough to get Devonte adams the ball and yeah maybe we get some some extra fantasy relevance out of josh jacobs and, and jacoby myers but um we're not setting the bar too high for for aiden o'connell uh this week but it is at least a decent matchup um on paper for him so a uh, good one to to have to come in here if he did have just an average game um Anybody else on Las Vegas that uh, is interesting to you or you want to talk about the Bears? Let's talk about the Bears. Uh, mm -hmm. Tyson Badgett, baby, and <laughs> ew, um, to this whole offense. You've got to temper expectations. Luckily, like the Raiders aren't necessarily the, the scariest secondary, so maybe they'll get a little bit going here. Maybe DJ Moore is still viable. I still think you start DJ Moore even with Tyson Badgett. Again, he's this team's wide receiver one, and so much of his production is generated after the catch like this, mm -hmm. you know, you get the ball in his hands and he can make plays afterward. As long as, as you're putting the ball in a, a spot that is, um, you know, suitable to generate yards after the catch, he does it like he's, he's so talented. Um, you know, I, I think you still start him, even though you might be tempering expectations without Justin Fields. Um, Roshan Johnson uh, coming back from concussion potentially uh, could be in a really interesting spot, especially if this bears offense gets off to a slow start, they might need to play some catch up and Roshan Johnson should eat up in that 
you know, potential receiving role. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I kind of like Roshan Johnson if he's able to play this week. Um, you know, game script wise, it could work for him either way, really. If it's a close game, I think he comes in and has the chance to lead the Bears backfield and carries. And then, like you said, if they're if they're trailing for any reason, then he he's actually been the the receiving down back as well and and been efficient and effective with his touches. So I, I like Roshan Johnson. He's still, I guess, technically in the concussion protocol, um, hasn't been cleared yet. But as long as he does so, I guess before before Saturday, I think it is, um, he should be fine. So he did miss last game, hopefully comes back this game, but Raiders to allowing 4.3 yards per attempt this season, tied for 21st and seven rushing touchdowns allowed as well, which is tied for 25th. So um, decent matchup for uh, Roshan Johnson, the Bears backfield, um, whoever does get the start there. So yeah, there's there's not a lot to, to talk about this <laughs> Chicago offense. I'm with you. I think you start DJ Moore and, and potentially Roshan Johnson, but outside of that, I am and staying then you away. Pray. Yeah, yeah. As somebody that has to start Tyson Badgett in a 32 league, uh, 32 team league this week, oh, I, no. I do need prayers. Um, so it is not, <laughs> it is not going to be good. But this is um, a game least... like I think if you're starting these players, you just don't watch it. Like yeah, don't watch yeah. this game. It's yeah, going to be just, ugly. But... Just hope for the best. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> All right, let's go on to uh, the Cleveland Browns at the Indianapolis Colts. So this one, it did come out today, uh, according to Browns beat reporter Amari Cooper. Uh, Deshaun Watson is expected to play uh, this week, or at least he's expected to practice, which uh, which could lead to him playing. So shout out to Amari Cooper for the scoop on that one. Um, but yeah, this is any interest uh, in Deshaun Watson going against the Colts and, and I guess the Browns passing attack, right? Because this isn't, you know, a bad matchup for them at all. So if Watson is back. Yeah, I I don't love this matchup just from like a game script perspective. Like, you know, from a a pure game script perspective, I just I worry that the Colts are not going to be able to score a ton of points. The Browns are going to be incentivized to run out the clock. They've got Jerome Ford who's playing, you know, pretty solid football, even though it it hasn't been like that top five fantasy running back. Like he's playing good football. Uh, you have Kareem Hunt, who saw an uptick in involvement here in week six. Uh, you know, like you want you, you want to target the secondary, I think, but I'm just wondering how much stock you can really put in uh, to, you know, Cleveland's need to throw the ball. You start Amari Cooper, but outside of that, I'm not bought in on Deshaun Watson. So much of what has sort of made him a viable fantasy asset is, you know, part of what he can do with his legs, um, you know, the plays he can make when scrambling. But, you know, I don't know with this shoulder injury. Again, it's been kind of a weird one. Like, mm -hmm. we don't know how healthy he is. We don't know if there's like a pain tolerance. Like, we really, I, I feel like, have been kind of in the dark regarding the shoulder injury. Yep. And it just has me a little bit worried that, that that might, you know, kind of dial back that willingness to take off on scrambles, take big hits, like, you know, probably going to want to get the ball out quickly and, and kind of avoid taking any of those unnecessary sacks. And that might not be conducive to a great fantasy day for Watson, even if on paper, this is a pretty decent matchup. Yeah, no, that, I think that makes perfect sense. And yeah, I'd be worried about, um, because it, it, it is, it's a bizarre situation with whatever is going on with that shoulder and, and Deshaun Watson over there. But I think there's, yeah, maybe some potential for them to kind of get different find different creative ways to to work around that like you said um 
quick passes and things like that, but finding a way to supplement the run game as well, maybe screen passes passes to Elijah Moore, um, getting Kareem Hunt involved a little bit, increasing his workload a little bit. But like you said last week and Jerome Ford as well, the, the offensive line was blocking a lot better last week against the 49ers, which was surprising too. So there's maybe some potential there for the run game to, to get something going. The, the Colts have allowed nine rushing touchdowns this season, uh, which is tied for the second most. Um, so that that is at least somewhat interesting for somebody like Kareem Hunt who saw all the red zone carries and, and snaps last week. Um, so that was a positive for him. So we'll see what happens there in Cleveland, but yeah, it's again, it's a strange situation. So you're probably, you know, looking at kind of the main guys to go to here, Amari Cooper, Jerome Ford, maybe Kareem Hunt as a flex um, and Elijah Moore as a potential flex in deeper leagues as well. How about on the Colts side of things? Um, we got another week of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss together on the field. We talked about it last week. We did expect Jonathan Taylor to get more involved in uh, the backfield. That did happen. Uh, Zach Moss was the one that scored the the touchdown, though, and had a better fantasy day. So um, how are you feeling about the backfield this week going against a very good Browns defense? Though the, the you know, fantasy points were scored by Zach Moss just kind of largely byproduct of the fact that he had the touchdown. Um, you know, we we did see a decrease in snap share for Zach Moss, and we saw an increase in snap share uh, for Jonathan Taylor, which I think just kind of starts to, to signal what direction you're heading in. Um, yeah. Both of them were super involved as receivers. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor, six targets. Uh, Zach Moss, eight targets on the day. Like, the, this was, you know, a, a running back bonanza in terms of targets. So, uh, you know, if Gardner Minshew continues to target the running back position at that high of a rate, maybe I'm still like, I'm still pretty nervous about starting Zach Moss, but in a week where you have six teams on by and there's a lot of running back injuries, I think you could do worse than, than Zach Moss, even in a, a tough matchup. Uh, what you've really liked to see out of Zach Moss in particular this season is the fact that he's been gaining some like chunk runs, he's been in, you know, in the middle of the game when he's starting to wear down that defense, he has been able to break off a couple of plays. So I think your hope is for one of those plays, maybe not going to be an efficient day for either of these running backs. Um, and, you know, the, the hope is going to be that they fall into the end zone, not expecting a ton, but again, it, given the landscape of where we're at right now, really hard to, find better options at this point. Yep. Uh, that makes sense to me. And yeah, I think it was like a 25% combined target share for the running backs last week with, with Gardner Minshew under center. So really nice stuff there. Obviously you'd love to see that uh, kind of continue here. So I'm with you on Zach Moss and, and Taylor. Um, the other player that, so somebody that I'm slightly concerned about this week for, for the Colts offense is Michael Pittman um, going against this Browns defense, uh, which has been, I mean, the, the metrics have been flying around there. They've been one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best defenses in recent years. Um, they're mo the, the most man-heavy defense in the league. They're allowing a positive EPA per play rate of uh, 26.2% of plays, just 27.9% of plays have resulted in a first down or touchdown. Both of those marks rank first among the league's defenses. Um, they're allowing just 3.69 yards per coverage snap at 5.2 yards per coverage target. Also 
top marks in the league. Pittman um, has managed just 0.30 fantasy points per route run, which ranks 53rd, and has a 65.5 receiving grade, which is ranks 50th against man coverage this season. So I know we're going to talk about, you know, deeper options that we could plug in here. Uh, this is one where maybe I'm I'm avoiding um, uh, this week, Michael Pittman against the Cleveland Browns defense because they've been so good. And again, with Gardner Minshew um, at quarterback there, I don't have full trust in him just yet. So I am a little bit concerned, at least for, for Gardner Minshew this week. Yeah, this this whole pass attack, I think, is going to struggle a fair amount. Now, if you're in a full PPR format, um, you know, Michael Pittman has been kind of a target hog, uh, 10 plus targets in four of six games this season, uh, eight plus receptions in each of those games. So like from a volume perspective, um, probably going to be hard to beat Pittman. But again, if you are deploying any of the Colts assets, especially against this defense, I think you have to temper expectations for any sort of production. Like that could be, that might translate to eight catches for, 50 receiving yards and like you're you're probably just going to walk away happy with that in a full PPR format but you know in standard leagues he's a heck no for me yeah yeah it's one of those like uh be happy with what we get kind of weeks I think for for a lot of different receivers and and fantasy options just considering the amount of options that we don't have this week so um another game here the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um I mean, where else do we start? Is is Kyle Pitts back at, at this point? He top 10 finishes at the position the past two weeks. Do you think it's safe to go back in the water with Kyle Pitts at this point? Because it always feels dicey with him. You know, as soon as we like fire him <laughs> back up into our lineups, he's going to be an absolute dud. Yeah. You play Kyle Pitts because why not? Um, but, you know, I, I think, Probably the more interesting storyline here is Johnny Smith, who continues to be performing very well. You have uh, a quarterback in Desmond Ritter who's leading the league in uh, touchdown rate to the tight end position or sorry, uh, passing rate to the touchdown position. Um, Like he is just absolutely peppering these tight ends with targets, Uh, regardless of Kyle Pitts's performance. He's. Johnny Smith is like kept toe and toe with Kyle Pitts every single week. Uh, overall tight end eight on the year. I think you also probably continue to file in Johnny Smith, which sounds disgusting. But like if you're hurting for a tight end position, it, you know, I, I think you could do worse than Johnny and he's available in the majority of fantasy leagues right now, which is kind of crazy considering how well he's performed. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those situations, right, where people just kind of expect Kyle Pitts to one week just it's it's gonna he's gonna take over and John Smith's gonna fall off the map again. But it doesn't seem like that's really gonna be the case. It doesn't feel like there's been any signs of that so far. Um, I will, you know, the Bucks defense they do have a couple of of decent like tight end erasers over there and Levante David at linebacker Antoine Winfield at safety as well. So could potentially be a tougher matchup. But like you said, Desmond Ritter has been targeting these guys at, at a decent rate here. So that part of it itself is, is at least encouraging. So you could potentially be putting them in your lineup. I am putting Kyle Pitts back in the lineup this week, and that will naturally mean that he goes back to uh, a one catch for 26 <laughs> yard game um, for sure. Well, Hey, uh, they're, they're basically deploying these guys as, as wide receivers. Um, you know, Johnny Smith playing yeah. more of that tight end role, but 
uh, you know, the Bucks allowing the eighth most fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. Plenty of big plays, I think, to be given mm-hmm. up there. Um, 190 receiving yards, five touchdowns on the year, um, uh, or 190 receiving yards per game, five touchdowns on the year. Like this has been a fine matchup um, for players on the outside. I think this could be a really nice opportunity for Drake London uh, to continue his string of productivity, which again, this is one of those teams where it hasn't been pretty. If you're watching the game, you are clenching your butt cheeks and hoping for the best, but like, you know, they, they, they're scoring fantasy points, which is all that matters. So. Yeah. It, like you said, it, it's been ugly. Desmond Ritter has been really bad. 47.2 passing grade on the year, which is 35th among 35 quarterbacks, um, 14 turnover worthy plays tied for the most among all quarterbacks. Uh, hopefully it's Taylor Heineke time soon. It feels like we could potentially be heading down that road at some point as well. So um, that's just another thing to kind of keep in mind there. How about on the Bucks side of things? Um, I I have Rashad White as somebody to kind of talk about here because I don't love the matchup for Rashad mm-hmm. White. Um, the Buccaneers offensive line, uh, they've earned a 53.1 run blocking grade this season. That ranks 29th. Um, they've also only generated 0.5 rushing yards before contact per attempt, which is the worst mark in the league. Um, Atlanta is one of the better defenses as far as, you know, allowing points to the running back position. Uh, I think they're, they're uh, fourth best or well fourth worst opponent for uh for running backs um and yeah Rashad White just I don't think he's one of the better running backs at least at creating yards after contact he hasn't really shown that a lot this year and when he's contacted two or fewer yards from the line of scrimmage he's averaging just two 2.4 yards per carry which is 41st among running backs and uh it just doesn't stand out as a good matchup to put Rashad White into lineups this week again these things are are coming at bad times of the year because we have six teams on a bye week but um again for those that can afford it Rashad White is somebody that I am not interested in this week yeah this is a, a tough matchup he's averaging over 17 scrimmage touches per game so like you love the yeah. volume but super inefficient and that strings back to last season like nothing's really changed in that regard it's not totally his fault he's not playing behind the best offensive line uh fifth lowest run blocking grade so far this season um you know it's probably going to be a a generally a, a tough matchup. Clayus Campbell, um, you know, Jesse Bates, uh, you know, playing a, a huge role in the run blocking game for this defense. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's not a great spot to be in, right? It, it's no, <laughs> yeah. if you can afford any other options, I say, yes, again, it's going to be a, a volume game. If you play white, where you're really just kind of fingers crossed that he falls into the end zone. But this, you know, for a running back who's already struggled with efficiency, this is not the matchup to target for sure. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I'm with you. Anybody else on the bucks that that's interesting to you for this week? You're playing your, your Chris Godwin, you're playing your Mike Evans. And I think, you know, that's as far as I want to take it. The Falcons generally have been a, a pretty solid defense, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm not, I'm not overly excited. I'm not going to get too cute with Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, even if he is uh, getting angry and waking up feeling dangerous, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to, you know, pull on those threads here. I'm I'm going to stick to the basics with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not get cute and just survive the week. 
I think that's a good way of looking at it for sure. I'm fine, perfectly fine starting Mike Evans uh, and Chris Godwin. I know Mike Evans is coming off two weeks outside of the top 40 PPR wide receivers, but not concerned about him. I think he has a decent matchup um, to kind of bounce back this week. Not an amazing one, but I think there's definitely potential in there. So let's go on to the uh, Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. Uh, where do you want to start with this game, Kate? Ugh, let's, uh, let's start with the Bills because I feel like the Bills are like pretty – they're very straightforward, right? Yeah, you play yeah. Stefan Diggs, you play Josh Allen, you, you play Gabe Davis. Um, I think the biggest question for me in this game is James Cook. And it gotta be honest, like I'm not not very excited. He's averaging four uh over 4.8 yards per attempt, uh, tied for the fifth most runs of 10 or more rushing yards this season, or uh, uh yeah, um, among running backs. It just hasn't translated to fantasy, right? Like he still has not finished to this point as a top 10 running back or better this season. Um, he's so explosive. He's fantastic. But the Patriots, like for as many struggles as they've had on offense, like there's still a decent matchup, uh, you know, in terms of their ability to defend the run along a league low 0.97 yards before contact, um, allowing just 3.48 yards per rush attempt to opposing running backs, like just two running backs in, in, so far this season, I've scored more than 12 fantasy points. Uh, it was Raheem Mostert and Alvin Kamara in weeks two and five. And both of them needed at least 19 touches to do it. That is not Davin Cook's game. Or, uh, oh my gosh, James Cook's game. Ooh, <laughs> my Cook's brothers. But that, like, volume is not the name of the game for James Cook, unfortunately, in this offense. And I think, you know, in order to actually produce, we'd probably need to see a fair bit of volume that I'm not counting on here in week seven. Yeah, it's a tricky one. He He's somebody that like I kind of consider for for deeper leagues this week again with those bye weeks. But yeah, you're you're hoping for, I think, a positive game script for them where maybe the Bills are able to kind of get up on the Patriots. We know the Patriots have not been good um, th- this season. The, the Bills offensive line has been pretty good. They, they've generated one point. 8 rushing yards before contact, which is the fifth best mark in the league. The Patriots run defense grade um, 48.0, so they rank 28th there. So maybe there's a, an advantage in the trenches for James Cook. Um, we'll, we'll see. Eh? I mean, you want him to get some volume. You want him to get some space to run the ball so that he can have those explosive plays. I think that's the hope here. But like you said, uh, the Patriots defense has been good. So, But really more of a deeper play, I think, James Cook this week if for those that do have to play him. Yeah, just doesn't doesn't necessarily get that volume to to -hmm. necessitate him being a must start by any means. Obviously, upside is always going to be there for a guy as explosive as Cook. But again, this is a week where you're you're going to temper expectations. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I I think I'm tempering expectations for the running back on the other side as well in Ramondre Mm -hmm. Stevenson, um, because this is another one. If you were looking at the trenches kind of thing here, the Patriots offensive line, a 53.3 run blocking grade, which is the fourth worst mark this season. The Bills defensive line allowing just one rushing yard before contact, which is the fifth best mark. Um, And then Stevenson himself, when he's been contacted two or fewer yards from the line of scrimmage, averaging just 1.6 yards per carry which ranks 70th among 78 qualifying running backs um he also has only managed a first down or touchdown on just 8.8 percent of carries under those same circumstances which is 62nd among running backs um 
yeah, I, I guess I'm I'm concerned. I know Stevenson saw a more a higher workload last week, um, more so than Ezekiel Elliott kind of separated himself again, but don't love this matchup for for Ramondre Stevenson. I think you're probably hoping maybe for some more passing volume for him more than anything else here. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I lie. And you know what? That's the end of our conversation about the New England Patriots. <laughs> like that, uh, we can like you know scrape our hands. We're we're done talking about the Patriots because that's literally where the production ends. I'm so sorry for my negativity this week, but my God, this is ugly. It's about to get a little better. It's about yeah, to get a little yeah. better. I think there's some of the games that are a little bit better, but yeah, the, it's hard to start anybody in New England at this point. I mean, it's it's gotten to that point where just you can't trust the offense. Kendrick Bourne maybe uh, gets another 10 target game or whatever it was last week. But again, that's that's a big hope here against the Bills. Um, so before we go on to the rest of the games, I do want to give a shout out to Prize Picks as well. So Prize Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players if they will go more or less than their prize picks per projection you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry so uh kate last week i think we went one for one so we had Bijan, i think over 26 and a half receiving yards we hit that but kirk cousins let us down uh we wanted one and a half uh, over one and a half uh, passing touchdowns he only had one for the first time this season of course so we got to try to get back up over uh 500 here so i put a couple of options out tell me what you think about this so the first one is rashad white under 50 and a half rushing yards we just talked about him he's exceeded 50 and a half in just two of five games this uh this this week so i think we were both on the same page uh, uh on rashad white yes a hundred smash the under smash it <laughs> Uh, don't break your phone, but smash, smash the under there on that, that line before it moves. Uh, it, cause you know, it dang that that's a nice line. That yeah. is a very nice line. Nice. I like it. And then the other one I put is, uh, we're going with an over here and that is DK Metcalf over 57 and a half receiving yards. We'll talk about his positive matchup in a little bit, but he's hit that in over three or five games and we'll go into more detail there. So, um, spoilers for our Seattle, Arizona preview, but how do you feel about the DK Metcalf over 57 and a half? I'm liking it. Cause you know what, it, even, even matchup aside, love the matchup, but DK Metcalf, much like our friend, uh, you know, Devonte Adams, I think is getting a little frustrated, yeah. uh, you know, looking to, I think, make a bigger impact on this game than he has. And a matchup against the Cardinals is just the place to get it done. I like it. All right. So there you go. There's a couple picks for people um, at prize picks. Again, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections go to prizepickscom slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepickscom slash fantasy and use code fantasy for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, let's go to the Detroit lions and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Jameer Gibbs may be back this week. I don't know. How are you feeling about that? It's not, nothing been cleared up here. We know David Montgomery isn't going to play. So if Jameer Gibbs is active, how do you feel about starting him this week against the Ravens? You know, I'm not feeling great about anybody really on the Lions side of the ball, uh, you know, just in general. So let's start like from the top down, uh, start at the quarterback position, a very good place to start. Um, Jared Goff, he continues with the home road splits that are impacting for fantasy. And it's, uh, you know, generally just kind of trickled down to the rest of the offense. Like the, you're not going to be, uh, you know, if 
there's not passing production. There's not going to be receiving production. Um, you know, the, the touchdown totals, the fantasy points, it, he's got splits, uh, significant splits at home and on the road, you know, across the board here. Um, the biggest concern for me is, is just, you know, that, that home road split, um, the lack of depth that this team has at running back right now. So Jameer Gibbs, obviously like not even a lock to start in week seven here. Um, yeah. you know, definitely going to be, uh, trending towards playing. It sounds like, but, uh, remember he's just coming off a hamstring injury. That's kept him out the last two weeks, uh, was generally kind of more inefficient than I think you'd like to see, uh, in, in the one game he started without David Montgomery this season, there's not a lot of depth. Um, so like he should be a fine volume play, but how much can they really count on him returning from a hamstring injury when it, it's not like to start the week, they said like, okay, like he had two weeks off, he's a full go. It still seems like there's a question and Craig Reynolds also dealing with a, a hamstring injury and a toe injury. This, this team is kind of a disaster. Obviously like you're, you're playing Amon or St. Brown, um, you know, a, I think everything else is kind of a dart throw though. I don't know necessarily what to expect from this Baltimore Ravens defense. It hasn't been a great matchup on paper, but uh, when you look at the quarterbacks, they've, they've faced, you know, a not healthy Joe Burrow, Gardner Minshew, Kenny Pickett, like hard to evaluate just how tough they'll be against, you know, some better competition. But again, you know, Jared Goff averaging just under 23 fantasy points per game at home in Detroit, just under 16 fantasy points per game on the road. And that has me nervous. Yeah, no, we, we got away with it last week um, with Goff on the road and, and it, you'd be, you're getting a little risky trusting him again back-to-back games especially against a Ravens defense that is pretty good at least on paper um not a great matchup there so yeah I'm with you I, I don't think there's like a ton of like obvious guys you know to kind of have to start here other than a Monroe St. Brown concerned about the running backs for sure um I don't know how good I'd feel about starting Jameer Gibbs like you said coming off that hamstring but you have Josh to start Reynolds. him if he plays, but like, yeah, just because of the the usage last time that we saw when Montgomery was out, right? Like that's the one thing that I think is going to stick with people. If Gibbs is active, right? Is that usage when Montgomery was out, he, he kind of dominated the touches, which uh, was nice to see. So um, yeah, but it, it's hard it, coming off the hamstring injury is definitely a concern. Um, but then, yeah, Josh Reynolds was the other person. I think that, is kind of interesting to me uh, again, maybe one of those deeper plays, the Ravens, they are a good defense. They're a man heavy defense, but Reynolds has had significant success against man coverage this season. He's earned an 87.5 receiving grade versus man, which is the ninth best mark in the league. Um, and he's uh, put up 0.67 fantasy points per route run against man, which is tied for 14th among wide receivers as well. So one of those maybe deeper plays this week, um, if we can get that Jared Goff that we got last, last week on the road. But um, again, it, it becomes riskier, but, in those leagues where, again, we're struggling with players to start or stream, um, Josh Reynolds could be a, a decent option. I like that. Been super efficient with the limited volume he's had, ranked second on the team in receiving yards, averaging 17.9 yards per reception. Like, sure, what what better dart throw? Like, there's yeah. uh, there are not a lot of players that you can throw a dart at that are avail- uh, available on your waiver wire this late in the week. Um, I think he's a fine play if you find yourself in a pickle. Um, but again, just not, 
not generally excited about this offense to speak. Yeah. 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 No, that's fair for sure. And how about the Ravens offices offense? Is there anything on Baltimore that kind of stands out to you as like an obvious, you know, start or, I mean, like we're starting Lamar Jackson. We're starting Mark mm-hmm. Andrews. Zay Flowers has basically established himself as their clear wide receiver one, right? But anybody else that that you'd want to start this week against a pretty good Lions defense? Yeah, I'm not starting either of these running backs. This has kind of just been a split. Like I, I know in, in weeks past, we've talked about the fact that like, yeah, J- Justice Hill has been the recipient of, you know, some receiving work, some some work, you know, around the goal line. That's great. Um, but this Lions rushing defense is is no joke this year. They have officially gone from uh, like one of the defenses in the league where you start literally every single player that you have going up against them uh, at every position because, you know, they they just leak these fantasy points. But, uh, you know, to date this season, averaging just 10 fantasy points per game allowed to the running back that ranks dead last among all defenses. Um you know, they are right up there in terms of difficulty in, in run defense, you know, right with the Eagles, the Browns, like those are matchups that you consider fading most running backs against. And that, that same Testament is true now for the Detroit lions in 2023. Yeah. They, they've been excellent this year. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm not really starting anybody for Baltimore outside of the obvious picks there. Um, so let's go to the Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. Um, anybody that you want to start with in this game of the battle in the NFC East here? Uh, well, let's just get the Giants out of the way because <laughs> it's going to be a quick conversation, right? Yeah, you yeah. you start, um, you you know, you start your Saquon Barkley TBD on. Uh, are we going to get, uh, you know, our our Tyrod Taylor, I, I, who's starting at quarterback this week? Do we know? Yeah. I don't think we know. Does yet. it make I a difference? I don't know. I know. It, yeah. It probably doesn't make a huge difference unless you're obviously starting one of those quarterbacks. But as far as yeah. their receiving weapons go, um, not too big of a difference for me. Daniel Jones has obviously struggled. That offensive line has been decimated um, th- this, this year already. So there's not like a lot on the giants, but, Wandell Robinson has at least kind of been interesting to me. As I said, you know, I'm going to try to find some deeper options here. And Wandell Robinson, he at least has emerged as the team's top slot wide receiver. Um, He leads all the team's wide receivers in yards per route run against both zone and man. Um, He's also seeing a high end target rate against both coverages. Um, He should have, I think, a decent chance to produce this week as a potential flex option in those deeper leagues and and by those and for those teams affected by bye weeks injuries and stuff like that. So Wando Robinson, kind of my like sneakier play of the week against a defense that isn't necessarily uh, scary, I guess, for for him. going up against the, the commanders, even though there are some good pieces there. Yeah. I, I really like this play. Uh, Robinson's coming off a season high, eight targets in week six um, played, played really well. And again, like this, this defense has just been like hemorrhaging yardage to opposing wide receivers. Um, you know, DJ Moore, 230 yards, AJ Brown, 175 Drake London, who like, we know his quarterback can barely hit the side of a boat from the boat. And it, 125 receiving yards. Like this has been a a very nice matchup up against the commanders. And 
Wandale seems to be carving out his his spot here in in terms of target share and um proven to be pretty reliable so yeah fire him up i'm fine all right let's go we got somebody on the giants there we go yeah um we did it <laughs> yeah <laughs> congratulations um I'll put on the Washington side of things. I, I mean, look, obviously we love Terry McLaurin. I know he hasn't been like amazing this year, but I don't think there's any question that you're starting him this week. So um, Brian Robinson also been excellent. We know we love Sam Howell. Um, anybody else on Washington uh, that you want to talk about? Got to be Curtis Samuel, who I wrote up today. Uh, article is going to be dropping tomorrow on in case of emergency waiver wire pickups. Curtis Samuel should not even be on your waiver wire, let alone be available to pick up in more than 50% of both Yahoo and ESPN leagues. Like so disrespectful for a, a guy that has just been absolutely killing it slowly becoming, you know, one of Sam Howell's favorite targets um, tied for the most uh, red zone targets on the team uh, so far this season. He's really kind of coming into his own. He's got some touchdown upside. Um, why not? I like he's the wide receiver 26 on the year and he's available on most waiver wires, which is not okay. Yeah, no, I I'm, I'm with you. It's crazy. Uh, he's basically emerged as their wide receiver too over there. Um, and Jahan Dotson, obviously, you know, we, we kind of still have to wait on him, unfortunately, but Curtis Samuel's been good in the meantime, the Washington offense, super pass heavy as well. So we love the volume potential there going against the Giants defense that again, another one of those man heavy defenses, but they're not necessarily good at playing man coverage. They're um, among the 10 worst man defenses in first down and touchdown rate allowed yards allowed per coverage target and explosive play rate allowed. So I, I like Curtis Samuel again this week um, leads the team in fantasy points per route run against man coverage um which is 32nd among all qualifying wide receivers so he's somebody that i think in a favorable matchup could continue his solid production like you said yeah i i am fine starting up uh, a bunch of these commanders here um maybe maybe you get a little stack going with sam howell and and curtis samuel go. and uh, again, probably going to be one of those games that, you know, even though it is against the Giants, uh, which should be a suitable matchup, might not be a pretty game in the first half. So you're going to hold your breath and uh, just watch the points pile up in the second half. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, let's hope that happens. I am with you. Let's go on to the Arizona Cardinals at the the Seattle Seahawks. And uh, since we touched on it earlier in the prize picks ad, um, I do want to go to the Seahawks wide receivers first, because this is a really nice matchup for them. Um, Arizona has not been a great coverage team. Um, I, I wrote about them in the wide receiver man zone report as well. So coming back to that again, they're a top 10 team in zone coverage rate but they're the second worst team in team coverage grade in zone. Uh, they're second worst in first down and touchdown rate allowed. They're second worst in yards allowed per coverage target as well. They're second worst in defensive success rate, uh, all while in zone coverage. So this is really kind of a great matchup for wide receivers, especially ones that excel against zone coverage. And DK Metcalf, for me at least, you know, he hasn't been a top, he hasn't had a top 15 PPR finish yet this year, but he does have the 16th best receiving grade versus zone coverage. He's averaging 0.48 fantasy points per route run as well, which is 28th among wide receivers. So him, even Tyler Lockett, who leads the team in target rate against zone. I think this is this is a really nice matchup for, for both of those guys. 
Yeah, it feels like this offense is sort of like just missed like a, a million times. It yeah. feels like they are so close to exploding with offensive production. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, I really like this spot for for both Metcalf and for Lockett. Um, any you know chance that you're willing to take a dart throw? Because this is a very good matchup also for running back. So Kenneth Walker, my overall RB1 on the week, Uh, don't mean to get too spicy there, but any chance in this matchup that you would be willing to throw a dart and see what happens with Zach Charbonnet. If you are in a huge emergency against, you know, a a defense that has, you know, generally been pretty productive in terms of giving up yardage to running backs. Yeah, I, I, I definitely like Charbonnet. I guess my concern is he's dealing with the hamstring injury right now, which I, I think he didn't practice today. That was the notification that I got um, ah. just like a few minutes ago. So Great. I, yeah, so I was uh, that because I, I was I'm with you. I, I like Charbonnet quite a bit, and this is a decent matchup. So again, for those deeper leagues, um, that that was a, a bit of a bummer for me as well. But I did get the DNP notification today. Again, it, it, you know it's Thursday, so there's still time, but. Um, DMPs on Thursday, it, generally not a great yeah, time though. So yeah. yeah, I, I totally, totally feel that. Um, yeah, uh, that, that's a bummer, but okay. Kenneth Walker, RB one, let's go. There we go. There we go. So, so we'll just lean into the Kenneth Walker show, um, this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I love, I love the talent of Zach Charbonnet, but, uh, hopefully we get some better matchups for him again, um, to get that talent out there, but anybody else, um, on Seattle or, or Arizona, that's interesting to you. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no I like, I, I want to say yes. Cause I feel like I've just kind of been like a naysayer this whole podcast, <laughs> but uh, Seattle Seahawks, I think, you know, from, from a coverage perspective, you've got Devin Withers, but like this, this whole mm-hmm. secondary, I think is playing um pretty well. The Cardinals backfield also a mess. Like I, I'm not trusting any assets on this side of the ball. This could be like a, an ugly matchup. Um, you know, this is an interdivisional game. Those can always be a little bit weird, um, but there's not enough stability in pretty much any of these assets on the Cardinals outside of maybe Marquise Brown. Um, and that's kind of where your comfort point ends. Yeah, Marquise Brown definitely comfortable with him. Not comfortable with the Arizona running backs, like you said. We we talked about this. I, I guess it was last week, right? To talk, we talked about you know waiting on this group, seeing what that rotation ends up looking like, and it looked like a complete disaster um, and one to avoid. So hopefully, we did continue to avoid it um, last week, and and hopefully this week as well. If you can afford to, if you have to start somebody. Oh God, uh, probably Keontae Ingram if I have a gun to my head, but I don't know that I necessarily even want to do that. Hopefully there's better options, but again, it, it might be slim pickings this week. Um, yeah. yeah. I, other than that, I mean, I, you know what? Michael Wilson is probably the other one to me. I, I don't mind. Again, another one of those maybe deeper plays. Um He's been much more effective against zone coverage this year than man. And Seattle's the second most zone heavy team in the league as well. And giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. Is that right? Um, As well. So uh, it could potentially be a nice matchup for Michael Wilson as one of those deeper flex plays as well. Yeah. 
All right, Kate, they are back. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I won't put you right on the the Najee versus Jalen spot here. Um, Where do you want to start with this game? Let's just, again, I'm I'm hashtag team rip off the Band-Aid here. (laughs) Um, Rams ranked 25th in fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs per game. This is not going to be a conducive matchup uh, for any of these running backs, let alone a split backfield with Najee Harris, Jalen Warren. Don't care how fresh their legs are. I'm not trusting it. Um, You know, no, Uh, not comfortable starting either of them. Like it, I, I think both of them will probably finish somewhere around RB 30 to RB 35 and we can all move on with our lives. I hate the <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. You have a terrible towel behind you. What are you talking? I know about? it's terrible. It is terrible. Um, oh man. But you know what? The, the Steelers offense does get a little nice boost this week. So um, Deontay Johnson returning uh, yeah. from a hamstring injury. He's been on IR for four weeks. Should also get back tight end Pat Fryermuth, one of the better receiving tight ends in the league, even if he's not utilized. Um, so two options that at the very least, I think can open something up for this offense. Deontay Johnson has, you know, historically been Kenny Pickett's favorite target. We'll see if, you know, the the absence of Johnson and and you know, forcing Pickett to go to some other options if he you know, return straight to targeting Deontay Johnson at the high rate that he is, or, or if he does continue to spread the ball out a little bit more, um, we'll have a lot to learn this week, but even the Rams secondary, um, you know, not allowing a ton to opposing wide receivers, um, generally speaking like this, this defense has been not a productive one to stream, you know, your, your fantasy assets against, um, you know, even if they're, they're, ranking bottom 10 in PFF coverage grade this year, uh, just not been a, a great matchup altogether. Yeah, not ideal. Um, it is nice that we're getting Deontay Johnson back. Um, I think I like Deontay, Deontay Johnson slightly more like rest of season, but maybe not so much this week coming uh, um, back off I, again, another person with a hamstring injury um, in their first game back. So I don't love that part of it, but it is nice that we get Deontay Johnson back because I do like him as a player. Um, but yeah, if you have to start one of them, if you're choosing between two of them, uh, George Pickens, I think has looked great. So um, that that's the only thing is, is the matchup, like you said. Um the other thing here, uh, how about on the Rams side? Uh, anybody that's of interest to you for the Rams, like the Rams running backs, I think are going to be another one of those groups that, like Arizona, going to be a little bit messy. Um, Kyron Williams, as we know, is out. So it's Zach Evans, Royce Freeman, Daryl Henderson. Do you have a preference if you have to start one of these Rams running backs? No. Like I, I promise you, I will go to the waiver wire. I will find anybody else. I am sure there's going to be some fantasy points scored here. Like there should be uh Pittsburgh has not been good against the run this year. Uh, it, like there there's upside here for fantasy. And I know that, but I, I don't think for the life of me, it's going to be very easy to figure out who it is necessarily. Um, Pittsburgh's allowing the fourth most rushing yards per game, 4.8 yards per carry, but like anybody's guess is as good as mine as to how this backfield's going to shake up. 
Um, I guess I'd probably roll with Zach Evans, uh, just having been the guy who's been in the offense and like it, I don't know, I, yeah. but not excited <laughs> about any of these ones, but I mean, yeah, if you're going to need to start one of these running backs, at least this is a, a suitable matchup to do that against. Yeah, it's a decent matchup. So there's like potential for somebody to kind of be productive. Um, I think it's Evans for me as well. I mean, maybe Royce Freeman sees some of the like more high value touches, receiving work or goal line work. Um, Daryl Henderson. I mean, when was the last time he even played an NFL game at this point? I, I don't have any trust in Daryl Henderson. So I think it pretty much is, is Zach Evans for me as well. Um, but yeah, not happy about it. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of the Rams, we kind of know we're, we're starting, um, Cooper cup and Puka Nakua, obviously, um, anybody else on this team worth talking about? No, I, I do not think, uh, no, no. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. And, and I do want to clarify, I did, I did check again and Zach Charbonnet did not practice yesterday, which was Wednesday. So today's practice report hasn't come out yet. So there is still hope um, out there for for Zach Charbonnet, but uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that hamstring going back. It's probably a pipe dream. I mean, I, I, he's barely touched the ball this year. Um, but just like, again, if you need a random dart throw that might be available on your waivers in case of emergency, (laughs) he could be one, but that practice, uh, status for Thursday and Friday is going to be key. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I'm assuming, yeah, you'd prefer Zach Charbonnet over Zach Evans if, if given the choice. Ooh, I'll probably (laughs) take Zach Evans. I like, I think the. The matchup is is just as fine, not not as good um, against the Steelers, but it's pretty darn good. Um, so I'll take the chance that that you know maybe Evans will emerge as the lead guy. Uh, like I I know for sure Charbonnet is not going to be the lead guy, right? right? But there's a chance Evans will. So I'll I'll roll the dice in his favor. But I like not that. I'm not thrilled about either. To be clear. <laughs> It makes sense. Uh, all right. One more ad break here. And this is from Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a contact is a compact design and next gen skin safe technology. The handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping for wet or dry use. Feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane friendliness made the, makes this the perfect travel tool for on the go and being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolf men with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code PFF. For a look as sweet as candy, get yourself the handyman from Manscaped. All right, let's go on to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Finally, a game we could at least be excited about this week. Kate, um, how do you feel about uh, the matchup here between the Chargers and the Chiefs? And is there anybody that you want to start with um, in this game for fantasy purposes? Should we go back to Rashi Rice, our favorite guy on the Kansas City Chiefs here? Like, obviously, you're starting Patrick Mahomes. You're starting Travis Kelsey. Duh. But... Rashi Rice, I still think, is a viable option. I feel like we've said it every week. Uh, he seems to be the guy, but I'm just saying he kind of seems to be the guy. 
and it, you know, a matchup against this Chargers defense, like heck yeah, allowing a yeah. you know leading the league in fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. Um, you know, Rashi Rice continues to be high, highly targeted at, at a high rate when he's on the field. Um, Justin Watson, who's, you know, kind of functioned as a starting wide receiver, surprisingly, um, you know, suffered an elbow dislocation. So he's not going to be playing. Um, I do think that this might be the the real breakout game for Rashi. I know the team just traded for Nicole Hardman, uh, you know, to to bring him back. But I really think this is still a sweet spot for Rashi Rice, who, you know, just he looks good. He is the best yeah. wide receiver on this team right now, including Nicole Hardman. Um, and Travis Kelsey is looking for him when he's on the field. So I'm going to continue to roll in that direction. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And I was, I was so annoyed with the, the Nicole Hardman trade. I, when I saw that come across, I was just like, they are determined to not give Rushy Rice more than 50% <laughs> of snaps, no matter how many times Mahomes throws him the ball when he's out there. So hopefully Hardman isn't that involved this week because I, I'm with you. I love this matchup for Rushy Rice. I mean, the Chargers, again, like you said, they're, they're giving up a ton of p- points for fantasy wide receivers. Um, Rashi Rice has been super effective, uh, especially against zone coverages, which is target Chargers have been a, deployed at a top 10 rate um yeah rashi rice 0.80 fantasy points per route run against zone which is tied for the second best mark in the league with cooper cup and behind only tyree kill so um rashi rice right up there obviously unlimited snaps but uh yeah Mikol hardman being there i mean i appreciate you as a person but please stay out of rashi rice's way this week for the sake of my injury riddled and bi-week riddled fantasy teams um hopefully we can get rashi rice into lineups um but yeah, that that is uh, there's not like obvious uh, anybody else on the Chiefs offense. I mean, we're starting Isaiah Pacheco, right? And we're starting, like you said, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and now Rashi Rice, hopefully. Um, how about on the Chargers side of things? Anybody that stands out that's worth talking about for you uh, on on uh, Los Angeles? I'm not ex- that excited about the Chargers. I know they're going to score points. I know that like I, every time the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs play, they score points uh, every single time they've met uh, since Justin Herbert's first career start, which came against the chiefs. Uh, these two teams have combined for 51 or more offensive points. Like this is uh, this there's, there's points to be scored. The chiefs they're they're a challenging defense, but they're beatable um, probably depends on, you know, again, how healthy Justin Herbert's feeling. He couldn't take any snaps under center last week, which kind of, um, you know, that, that shifts your game plan a little bit there, but you're starting Justin Herbert, you're starting Austin Eckler, you're starting Keenan Allen, who's probably gonna have 5 million targets in this game. Um, the biggest question is Josh Palmer. What are we doing with Josh Palmer? Yeah, been kind of an underwhelming fantasy asset. I think considering, you know, Tim taking over that wide receiver two role in this offense with Mike, Mike Williams out. Um, and this is not like a great matchup for Josh Palmer specifically. Um, I, I love it for Keenan Allen and, and Justin Herbert, but Kansas city, uh, you know, going back to the man's zone report, they're man, heavy defense, their top 10 best defenses in defensive success rate, explosive plays allowed yards allowed per coverage. They're really good um, when they're in man and Josh Palmer has not been great uh, against man coverage this year 62.6 receiving grade which is 63rd and 0.38 fantasy points per route run which is 38th so more of like a wide receiver four type for me this week more than anything so i don't love josh palmer uh as much as i would the rest of the 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 chargers offense 
Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. Um, there's a, a, you know, a good chance that we see um, Keenan Allen finish uh, what this would be his fourth fourth finish as a top five wide receiver this yeah. week. I think it, it happens once again. Um, you love to see that volume. He's been so safe this year, too. Uh, only finished as a wide receiver three or worse once this season. Um, so you're you're loving that. But yeah, I, as far as these secondary assets, I don't think this is like a matchup to necessarily target. So, you know, if I'm in desperate need of a streamer, I'm going to try to, uh, you know, target one of these these terrible defenses like, you know, the the commander secondary with Wanda Robinson or, um, you know, take take your pick of the Chiefs wide receivers like it throw those dart throws in the right direction. I wouldn't throw them at the Kansas city Chiefs specifically um, just given what we've seen from Josh Palmer so far. Yeah. Uh, agreed. And there is another potentially strong matchup for, for wide receivers here uh, yeah. because the green Bay Packers are, are playing the Denver Broncos this week. So um, Kate, how do you feel about this potentially being like the first big Christian Watson game uh, of the year? I mean, you stream everybody against the the Denver Broncos. <laughs> Doesn't matter what position you're in. Now, yeah. this is a, a game that I I have pegged for Aaron Jones. He's uh, I think my RB four overall in the week. I think this is a very big spot for him. He seems pretty healthy coming off the injury. Um, they had a buy, so like a you know a little extra time to get some rest there. But by all accounts, he seems healthy. Um, so counting on that. I think they're going to be able to to run the ball, but, you know, continue on some of that efficiency that they started with this offense. Like that's, that's where the fantasy production kind of came from early, early in the season was through the touchdown efficiency. This could be an opportunity to bounce back in that regard um, and get the wheels turning. I still think you kind of just take your pick of which wide receiver you're going to throw the dart at. And I'm, I'm not a huge fan of, either like it just in terms of like long-term outlook but i mean really you the the matchup tells you to take a chance on one of these guys maybe whoever's available on your waiver yeah it's hard not to like a lot of the the packers offense this week and and maybe it's not a wide receiver and maybe it's a tight end um for yeah. the green bay packers right i mean mm. denver the best fantasy matchup for tight ends they've given yes. up three touchdowns to tight ends this year um that, yeah they've they, which is tied for the fourth most they've given up 14 passing touchdowns in totals which is the most um this season so maybe luke musgrave gets his first touchdown of the season as well so we, we, we've been waiting on that one he's been productive but just hasn't found the end zone um i do like this uh, if i'm going for another anytime touchdown uh luke musgrave is is my pick uh for this game so um but yeah i i i like the aaron jones call for sure i mean we, we saw what he did in week one he was rb1 and then obviously was just eased back into action right the last game that they played on the short week going into the bye week as well. So hopefully he's had enough time to rest and recover should take back those RB one duties, because again, th this Denver defense is terrible and there is absolutely opportunity there for some fantasy production, even like Jaden Reed kind of interesting for, for the Packers. If you, you like those kinds of players that you're looking for those kinds of players, um, Denver's given up a touchdown on 6.3% of plays from the, from the slot, which is the fourth worst mark in the league. So, but maybe a potential sleeper play there in Jaden Reed as well. I like that. 
Um, what about the Denver offense? What do oh, we do? I was afraid with... you were going to ask. <laughs> yeah, like what do we do with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? Um, because they have been up and down, not even really up, just kind of mid, down. right? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, how do you feel about these guys it, it, this week against the Packers? Jerry Judy, um, dude, it that that was a really rough outing. Um, he's finished outside of the top 30 in five of six games so far this season. Um, just been a literal disaster uh, for fantasy purposes. So not comfortable touching Jerry Judy, uh, you know, in any stretch. It's actually been Cortland Sutton, who's been relatively safe comparison in comparison here um like you know wide receiver three territory for Cortland Sutton um not really looking for to, to target any of these guys um the the only matchup I'm I'm kind of intrigued on is the the matchup on the ground up against the Packers um who you know it, have been a perfectly fine matchup against the run this year so maybe they can get something going there um Jaleel McLaughlin, interestingly enough, and in, in Javante Williams' return from injury uh, led the running back core in receiving uh, receiving routes run, um, which is kind of intriguing. He, you know, didn't see it, I think saw two fewer touches on the day, but still uh, was was very involved uh, in a way that I did not expect. So, could be maybe a sleeper play there, given the the Packers, um, you know, overall rushing defense, but. Yeah, the rest of the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, I think if there is a weakness to this Packers defense, it is probably to attack them on the ground. And yeah, I mean, Jaleel McLaughlin, he's been effective with his touchdowns that or with his touches, and he's is getting close enough to Javante Williams' workload that potentially could be one of those deeper plays. I'm with you there. Um, and, and then yeah, Javante Williams in the same vein, I think you could potentially start him, even though he hasn't been as effective um, this season. So let's go to uh, the Miami dolphins at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night football. Um, where do we start here with this one? Because I mean, look, this is obviously the the most obviously. There's really not a lot to talk about for the Miami offense. Obviously, we're starting them, right? It's Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle. We, we start those guys. Raheem Mostert, um, too explosive to bench at this point, even going against a good Eagles defense. And and look, the Eagles secondary is banged up as well. Darius Slay, um, I think he was limited in practice this week. He didn't play last week. Reed Blankenship, their top safety, uh, got injured last week. He didn't practice. Their other starting safety, Justin Evans, is already on IR. Bradley Roby has been their slot corner the past two weeks. He got hurt last game as well. I mean, there's it's it's a very good Eagles defense, but there are at least going to be some potential holes here. So it, you're not too scared if you're the if you're playing anybody on the Miami offense. Yeah, I have two I ranked as my overall QB two on the week, yeah. which might be spicy, but against this Eagles secondary that just cannot stay healthy for the life of them. Even Raheem Mostert, like you mentioned, the the Eagles rushing defense, not a matchup to target, but with the secondary banged up and knowing that Raheem Mostert, you know, it takes one misforced tackle to, to get in the open field. And I'm not sure the Eagles are going to be able to tackle him in that open field with the state of their secondary. So uh, if he gets past that that initial, you know, the first level, uh, I think he's probably a goner. Um, and, and you're probably going to be able to bank on a couple of those chunk gains here. 
um, even even against a, a Philadelphia Eagles that haven't given up a ton in terms of uh, production to the running backs. But yeah, you start your doll. You know exactly what the Dolphins are, and this is the best week in the world to start them. Even if it is on the road in Philly, it's going to be a tough environment in prime time. But this is going to be a Dolphins bonanza, I think, if all plays out as I'm I'm projecting it in my head. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I, I'm excited for this one on Sunday night. There should be plenty of fantasy goodness, uh, even on the, the Eagles side, um, potentially. But Devontae Smith has kind mm. of been, uh, I guess, concerning over the past week. So how are you feeling about Devontae Smith? Because it's been the A.J. Brown show recently. Do you feel like it's time to panic over Devontae Smith's um, production or lack of production here in this Eagles offense recently? I am a little bit worried. Um, you know, obviously I think there's just going to be some inconsistencies in, in this offense. Like it's always the AJ Brown show. And then, you know, it's going to be a mix of Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. The only thing that concerns me, um, we saw Devonta Smith miss practice on Wednesday. He did return in a limited fashion on Thursday, um, which is, is a plus, but, uh, dealing with a hamstring injury, which you just don't love to see. I'm, I'm not uh, concerned. He he seems pretty confident that he's going to be playing on, on Sunday night football, but uh, the, the potential, um, you know, for, yeah, a, a limited snap count or, or just not being at a hundred percent seems to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is a little bit concerning for Devontae Smith. And, and we maybe could have had a better week last week, too. He had that really bad drop in, in like the middle of the field. There was nobody within 20 yards of him. Uh, but maybe there's there's still potential there for the, the big play. I I don't know. I there's still leagues where I'm gonna be starting Devontae Smith, obviously. It's it's still hard to kind of bench him. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. There, there's still a mix of targets to kind of go around there outside of AJ Brown. So um, if you do happen to have better options this week, maybe there is somebody that, uh, that you prefer over Devonte Smith. Um, but there, I don't know that it doesn't feel like there's a lot for me that I think probably low end wide receiver two type um, going against my Rashi rice or Devonta Smith. Oh man. Yeah. That... Cause I'd go with Rashi. Are you okay? So yeah, that's, that how, is... that's how bullish I'm feeling about Rashi versus how concerned I am about Devonta Smith and my, my concern for Smith, it's not long-term. Um, I think that's going to be part of the ups and downs of this mm-hmm. offense. Um, you know, I, I think that, that that's kind of what you're just expecting from Devonta Smith. You're going to have uh wide receiver one weeks and then you're not. And, and that's part of the rotation, but that's how maybe confident I am in rice to, to yeah. knock it out of the park this week. Yeah, that is tough because I do love Rishi Rice um, this week, but I I think I'd still go Devontae Smith, although now you talked about that right. hamstring injury and it's concerning me too. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm staying out of this one. I, I'm going to play Devontae Smith, but I, I'm not going to go too much into it here. All right. Um, I'd still like Rushy Rice as well. Um, all right. <laughs> Anything else from this Sunday night football game that you want to go over? No, I think we, again, we kind of know know what this is uh the only note i kind of have is you know in in part because of that hamstring injury even if if we do see devonta smith fine and he's playing um 
maybe that's a, a bump for Dallas Goddard. So maybe that might give mm. you a little bit more confidence there, uh, just that he's going to emerge with uh, some increased usage, uh, perhaps if Devonta Smith is limited at all, but um, not necessarily a given. We'll see how the week plays out. Uh, keep an eye on the practice reports uh, for Devonta Smith, but yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay. No, that's a good point for sure. And yeah, that, that it's, it's these hamstring injuries. They're, they're absolutely Ugh, brutal. They're so the they're, devil. Yeah, they really are. It's just going to be such a pain to kind of have to deal with this season. So let's go on to Monday night football, where we hopefully don't have any key injuries um, in this. Oh, wait, Christian McCaffrey is questionable. Uh. Um, <laughs> and of course it's on a Monday night. So who knows if we'll get any clarification before then, hopefully fantasy managers have a Jordan Mason or an Elijah Mitchell um, to work as a backup plan if you also have Christian McCaffrey, but uh, I don't think it's, they're they're not going to get the usage that McCaffrey is going to get. I think we could very well see kind of a split between those two guys um, if if McCaffrey can't go, but how how do you feel? Any kind of hope for Christian McCaffrey this week? If he, if he, do you think he plays? I think he plays, but this has been kind of a situation like the team has been generally kind of quiet about this injury Mm -hmm. and in the updates. So not feeling super great, you know, on, on any end really. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Staying away if possible, but if I had to pick one, I'd pick Elijah Mitchell. Okay. Yeah. That that was, yeah, that was going to be my next, my next question. So yeah, even though Mitchell didn't play last week and we saw more Mason, feels like Mitchell's the better running back here, right? So I, I don't know. I think I think it would be Mitchell for me as well. I don't know. And Mitchell anyway. Mitchell was coming off an injury too, so I think that yeah. that played into it a little bit. Um, but just be cautious is mm. my best is my best piece of advice. <laughs> yeah, hopefully you have somebody else that you could pivot to, but it's Monday night again, so there's not many options here, but. Also on San Francisco, um, Brandon Ayuk, couple down weeks in a row, potential maybe here for for a bounce back. This Vikings defense ranks among the worst in the league in defensive success rate while in both man and zone coverage. Um, they run an average rate of, of each of those coverages. And Brandon Ayuk has been a top 10 fantasy points per route run receiver against man and zone. He's got top five receiving grades versus both as well. So um, really like this as a, as a nice matchup for, for Brandon Ayuk for those starting him who have been down on his um, production over the past two weeks. Yeah. You, you fire him up. No questions asked. Uh, how are we feeling on George Kittle? I think maybe that's the biggest question here for the San Francisco yeah. 49ers outside of the run game. Been a wild ride, wild ride. If you are a George Kittle manager um, just last week, you know, we, we saw this critical game situation. You lose your top receiving option. You lose your running back, uh, you know, both of whom combined for over a 30% target share so far this season. And yet still, uh, George Kittle emerges with a total of two targets on the day. Uh, you know, you know, this, the, the ride of, of George Kittle is you're going to have three touchdown games or you're not. And the ones you're not going to have three touchdown games are usually pretty bad. He said two top three finishes this year. Other than that, outside of those two games, he has finished as tight end 26, 32, 45, and 51. Can you trust him? Like, do you just leave him in your lineup and pray every week? Like, 
at what point do we say like, this is a liability for my, my team and, and my offense? Yeah. My fake offense. I, no. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's, it's weird that, you know, again, you're, you're hoping for those big games from him. And, and we talked about him two weeks ago, right. I went against him. And then of course he had the three touchdown game. And then last week I was like, I still don't love him, but I can't talk about him um, because he just came off a three touchdown game after I talked poorly about him um, then. And then, um, then he did, he didn't have one of those good games. So I don't, I still don't love George Kittle um, right now at, at this point in the year. And look, if you have like maybe a Luke Musgrave, somebody like that, I would play Luke Musgrave over George Kittle um, this week. There we go. We're get so I'm getting spicy with Rashi. You're getting spicy <laughs> with Luke Musgrave. Yeah. We'll see how these these takes plan out. We're gonna have to yeah. like I'm gonna write these out just to um you know so I have something to light on fire if they don't come to fruition. Right. But I this could be uh, a a a good good week for our favorite rookie tight end, uh, not named Sam Laporta and. Again, I'm I'm not saying bench George Kittle because right. like I understand that there are are probably two tight ends in the league that have the kind of upside that George Kittle has. I just think like the roller coaster is nauseating, and and you better have a really good team um, and a very safe roster if you're going to continue to to ride on the Kittle roller coaster. Um, it's it's going to be hard. Yeah, I think if you want the upside, you go for Kittle. And and I'm I'm with you. I'm not saying bench George Kittle, right? At the, but if you're looking for the high-end upside, you go Kittle. If you're looking for the safer play, I think I like Musgrave a little bit more. Um, this Vikings defense, they, you know, they are what they are. Very blitz-heavy defense in Brian Flores' system. Uh, they run a lot of three safety looks as well out there, which could be tough for certain quarterbacks to play against. We saw Brock Purdy kind of struggle last week against uh, another one of those, you know, good defenses last week in, in Cleveland. So Maybe a similar type game script for for George Kittle and company um, this week, I guess, would be my only concern. So um, that that that's more of the reason that I'm kind of down on him. Obviously, I'm not expecting three touchdown games from him um, anymore going forward, but there's always the potential that he could be heavily involved in the offense if that's the game plan they're going with. And like you said, it didn't happen last week with with Christian McCaffrey um, going down. So we don't know if it's going to continue this week um, in, against Minnesota. Yeah. How are we feeling about the other side of the ball? I feel like, you know, we've seen Kirk Cousins. He's been super productive for fantasy, but two out of the last three weeks, fewer than 10 fantasy points scored. You have uh, the absence of Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison. He's been fine, but like, also, I don't know that he's necessarily ready to be the recipient of full-time attention from opposing defenses. Can you trust any any Vikings outside of like TJ Hawkinson and maybe Alexander Madison as a volume based play? Yeah, Hawkinson's the the top option for me. After that, yeah, Madison just based purely on volume. But again, going against a very good defense in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Addison is the one I think I'm lower on this week. I liked him last week. He luckily bailed me out with a touchdown, but just 28 receiving yards in a great matchup against Chicago too. So th- this week he's going against a team that has the best pass rushing grade defensive line in the league at the San Francisco 49ers um, on pressure dropbacks. Addison seeing a target rate of just 13.6%, um, which is seventh on the team. And then even in his first game as the team's wide receiver one last week, he saw zero targets on pressure dropbacks um, in week six. That is so, 
Yeah, I, I guess I think he could potentially be in for like a similarly concerning stat line against the 49ers this week, Addison. Um, like you said, maybe not ready for that wide receiver one role just yet, um, but still a rookie, still like him long term, but I don't love the matchup this week against the 49ers. Yeah, it, not not loving this matchup in general. The Vikings are at home at least and, you know, dealing with fewer injuries than the 49ers maybe. Um, but not, not a matchup to target for these, these Minnesota Vikings, even if you are in a position where you have to start them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Um, okay. Anybody else in this Monday night football game you want to talk about, or we call it a show. I think we call it a show. This was, (laughs) this is a weird week. Um, may you find, you know, fantasy points wherever you're looking for them. And, uh, if not, you know, sorry. it's the best I can do it's the best I can do we're in a tough week man it it's it's tough sledding but you know it's not just tough for our listeners like we're we're experiencing the same pains uh that you all are going through so at least we're in it together yeah yeah hopefully uh, we get through this week and and we'll be back next week and hopefully we helped you find some maybe some of those deeper plays to potentially consider this week and matchups to avoid so thank you everybody to uh for listening thank you to kate as well for going through this all with me and helping me break it all down so i really appreciate that kate um and before you go please let everybody know what you have up on pff.com this week for more of your work Yeah, absolutely. I've got uh, my weekly rushing report, weekly panic or antic. uh, Those come out every Tuesday and Wednesdays. Um, And then we have in case of emergency waiver wire pickups uh, popping out every Friday. Check those out. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff there. Um, As for me, we got the IDP fantasy report. Uh, The IDP rankings article is out as well. We got the wide receiver man zone coverage report. So we talked a lot about uh, some of those matchups that I highlighted in in that article, but we go through every single team and matchup there and the offensive line, defensive line matchups to target and avoid comes out on Friday mornings as well. So you can check those out on pff.com. Um, Other than that, Nate and I will be back Monday morning to do our week seven recap. Um, And then Kate and I will be previewing week eight next week as well, as always. So thank you all again for listening. And until next time, peace out.